0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode six we have passed the halfway mark and here we are episode six of jordan drew the sports crew summer sports spectacular i'm jordan lorenz joined alongside the one and only drew skyberg but before we get going today just gotta say we're recording this on monday night news pass today in the world of hockey matisse kivlenix 24 years old goalie columbus blue jackets has sadly passed away and we honored one of our episodes a long time ago. And we're going to do the same here. Kavlevitz definitely deserves this here today. 24-year-old goalie gone way too soon. And it fits. I mean, we're talking about baseball, obviously, here today. But sports all together. the whole world came together for this man on Monday. And just terrible, terrible to see. But we're going to try not to be so sad during this episode as we're going to lift our spirits up as we watched a great Game 7, Drew, I mean, we're going to talk about the game here, but I thought this was one of the better games we watched.
1: Yeah, we watched the 1991 World Series Game 7. Fast forward 10 years later, and we got ourselves another great Game 7 in the World Series.
0: Both pitcher's duels, we might add, and eventually things really picked up, and it was some very, very good stuff. So let's talk about it, right? 2001 MLB season, the year I was born. November 10th, 2001. So I was born, what, six days after this World Series concluded? Kind of crazy when you think about it like that. And this was a very interesting MLB season, obviously due to 9 11, which pushed everything back, but it was also unique because the MLB used an unbalanced schedule for the first time in nine years in the NL and first time in, oh boy, 34 years maybe in the American League. So in all divisions except the NL Central and AL West, each team played each other four times in the same division, or each of the other four teams, pardon me, in the same division played each other 19 times. So in the NL Central, it was 16 or 17 times. And in the AL West, it was actually 19 or 20 times. So unbalanced schedule here in 2001. First time they were really using it in a while. Obviously this season, we know memorable, thanks to Barry Bonds home run record. Also the Mariners tying the major league record, 116 wins. We'll talk about it here coming up. And it says baseball's patriotic return after a week's worth of games being postponed due to the 9-11 terrorist attacks. So the end of the regular season got pushed back from September 30th to October 7th. And the World Series didn't get finished until November 4th because it went all seven games Season was the first of the 21st century, by the way, which makes sense. I guess it's in 2001. So there's a little, another little note as well. But we're here to talk about small stars this year, 2001, Drew.
1: Who is an all-star? So, Jordan, like you mentioned, there was that insane Seattle Mariner team. And let me tell you, they had a lot of all-stars. Dominated. They dominated it is right. John Olerud, Brett Boone. Not Alex Rodriguez yet. Oh, well, this he was not the Rangers now, so not him. Ichiro Suzuki, Edgar Martinez. And then they had Pitchers. They had Freddie Garcia, Jeff Nelson, and they had Kas- Kasuro Sasaki. And they, they had a lot of guys represent them. And then I'm going to talk about some of the guys for the game we talked about. Diamondbacks Yankees, we will be talking about. We got Roger Clemens, who we saw this game. We got Mariano Rivera, we got Tino Martinez, Derek Jeter, some big guys there. And then for the NL, we had for the Diamondbacks, we got, of course, the big names, Kurt Schilling, Randy Johnson, and uh, for the Brewers, their lone all-star this year, Ben Sheets. (laughs)
0: What a guy, huh? Ben Sheets. And that was his first ever all-star appearance at this point. So we'll take it 19 appearances for Cal Ripken Jr. as he made the AL all-stars. Like you said, Alex Rodriguez was on the Rangers at this point in time. So now seeing him on the Yankees in our World Series. But let's move on a little bit to the standings. Like we said, Seattle Mariners, 116 wins. Also in their division, the Oakland Athletics finished second place with 102 wins, which would have easily been first place in any other division. But because of how great the Mariners were, the A's got the two seed. Yankees were atop the AL East 95 and 65, 13 and a half games up from the Red Sox. Indians 91 and 71, six games ahead of the Twins. The Braves were 88 and 74, just two games over the Phillies. Houston Astros and St. Louis Cardinals were tied. Both were ninety-three and sixty-nine. Can you guess the Brewers' record here in two thousand one? Or just remotely guess? Kind of similar. How many wins did you think they
1: had? I'm gonna say, well, one thousand one, they're probably really bad. I'm gonna say it was in the sixties.
0: Yeah, sixty-eight wins, ninety-four losses, twenty-five games back. NL Central at this time has the Houston Astros. It's the Astros, Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers, Reds, and Pirates. And then the NL West, the Diamondbacks, 92 and 70, just two games over the Giants. So like I said, you're looking at 95 wins, 91 wins, 88 wins, 93 wins, 92 wins. The A's got screwed, 102 wins in second place, thanks to a Mariners team that had a 7-16 winning percentage, 57 and 24 at home. 59 and 22 on the road. Absolutely spectacular, Drew. And you're going to read some stat leaders for the season. Obviously, Barry Bonds, the top one for sure.
1: Oh, of course, Jordan. He had the 73 home runs. That's a single season record for most home runs in a season. Has not been broken. I don't know if it will be. Never will. Yeah, and then we had the rookie of the year, and Ichiro Suzuki led the American League in average, a big name. Alex Rodriguez led the AL in homers with 52. And then we have, I'm going to read some pitching, the pitching stats for the NL. ERA and strikeouts was led by Arizona Diamondback's very own Randy Johnson with a 249 ERA and 372 strikeouts. He had 152 more strikeouts than the guy who led the AL in Heidi Onomo.
0: <laughs> Randy Johnson was insane. That is crazy. 300. And 72 strikeouts, and batting averages I found very intriguing. Larry Walker and Ichiro Suzuki both had 350, so they were tied. We didn't have one guy who led the league in averages. 160 RBIs for Sammy Sosa. That is crazy, crazy. These numbers are oh so high. Let's get to the postseason. What happened? We do have ALDS and NLDS. Back in '91, we didn't, but now we have them. So it was an eight- team tournament, eight team tournament. Seattle Mariners beat the Cleveland Indians when all five games, they won three games to two Yankees go over the Oakland A's three to two again, like I said, Oakland kind of got screwed finishing in second they lost to the Yankees, maybe the eventual World Series champ. I don't know. We'll have to see Atlanta swept Houston. Atlanta was the three seed Houston was the one seed three games to zero, then Arizona wins a five game battle over St. Louis three to two, both of the CS the championship series went five games Arizona wins 4-1 and the Yankees win 4-1 Drew do you think that was a big shock at the time Seattle going down four to one
1: I think at the time it was Jordan but looking at some of the names on the Mariners compared to the Yankees I mean that Seattle team was kind of playing over their heads with some like they're really just a great regular season team and that Yankees team we know was built for the postseason
0: yeah, it's one of those things like everyone says the Bucs is a regular season team not built for the postseason. We should say, by the way, we can officially confirm the Bucs are in the NBA Finals. We didn't get to mention it back on Episode 17, but we can confirm Bucs in the Finals. Bucks and Suns game one in the books at this point. So hoping for some fun, good series. I hope it goes all seven. I don't really know. I just want a good series out of it, really. That's all. Anything to say about that real quick? I'm happy the Bucs
1: made it, Jordan. Bucks in six.
0: There you go. They have a shirt up on the shop that says Bucks and Six. It looks absolutely beautiful. Might have to grab one of those. But back to the World Series. Game one, October 27th, the Diamondbacks beat the Yankees 9-1. to Not even close in that first game. 4-0, Kurt Schilling on the mound. He gets the win there. Game two, Diamondbacks. Once again, 4 nothing win. Shut out the Yankees. Randy Johnson, the man on the mound, getting the win in that game. Yankees get one back. Game 3rd, October 30th, Roger Clemens gets himself the W. Mariano Rivera comes in to make a save. He's a big name we're going to have to keep an eye on. 2-1 win for the Yankees in Game 3, Game 4. 10 innings and a little bit of extras. Games 4 and 5. Yankees win Game 4, 4-3. to three. So a very close win there. And we go to Game 5, which the Yankees won in 12 innings three to two. So Yankees have won two to one. They have won four to three and they've won three to two. The Diamondbacks win game six, 15 to two drew Skyberg 22 hits for the Diamondbacks world series record.
1: Yes, it was Jordan. and You know why it was Andy Pettit of the New York Yankees, the starting pitcher for them that game was became a victim of tipping during during that game six. The Dimex, they realized that Pettit was tipping his pitches with the way he held the glove before throwing. So, what that basically means is the way he was kind of holding his glove, like kind of signaled what pitch was coming. Diving back hitters picked up on this and they were able to capitalize on it. Oh, yeah. Jumped
0: all over it, Randy Johnson, with the win in this game 15 to 2. So, Diamondbacks have won 9 to 1. Yankees have won all their games by just one run. Diamondbacks getting to host. Game seven, just one day after. Game six, and it is at the one and only Bank One Ballpark. So I guess they went from Bank One to Chase because it's Chase Field right now. So fun little bank transition there for the Diamondbacks, and it's time. For game seven, we know the starters in this game. Kurt Schilling. 4-0 4-0 record this postseason, 0. .88 ERA, insanely low. He's coming off just three days rest. Then Roger Clemens, he's 1-1 the postseason, 2.66 ERA, so a big difference right away between the two pitchers. Drew, you turn the game on, 2001, graphics, we noticed those are there, but what else are your first thoughts right out of gate?
1: Yep, I see the scoreboard, see the graphics. And I hear Joe Buck and he sounds depressed. That's Ooh. really, yeah. Um, I'm, not
0: the, I'm not the biggest Joe Buck hater, but this certainly wasn't one of his better games.
1: Yeah, he did all right. Um, I also recognized Tim McCarver. We recognized him, Jordan, didn't we? Oh, yeah. He did the 91 with Jack Buck, and now he's
0: doing 01 with Joe Buck. So, I mean, I think, honestly, color commentary is one of the easiest jobs in the world. All you have to do is know a thing or two about each of the guys and talk about the game. Like that's basically it. You get to interrupt the play-by-play guy nicely, of course, and you just get to say things whenever you want, as long as they're remotely similar and it's baseball. So you can just laugh about things, make small talk. And I, I don't know. I kind of enjoy Tim McCarver. I think he's a funny little guy. He, he does some good stuff. What were your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, he did. He did a great job. He's certainly better than the guy we had last week.
0: Yeah, those guys were awful. Don't even remember their names, nor should I at this point. So some stats coming into the game here. The last two game sevens have gone extra innings. We watched the one in 91, which went 10 innings. And then in 97, that game seven went into extra. So will that trend continue here? We're going to have to see. Yankees, perfect 500 in game sevens. They're five and five overall. As I said, Diamondbacks had 22 hits in game six. Relievers they come into play later in the game, but they're 0-2 with a 4.15 ERA in this series. It's been all starting pitching. Relievers are not doing well at all. And similar to our 91 series, the home team has won every game so far in the series, which is absolutely crazy. And Drew, I have to ask, they would do like a they would have like a little beat that would play, and it would give an update on Emmy awards. I thought I found it annoying, but I guess at the time, if you're now watching the Emmys and said you watching the World Series, I guess it's good for you. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that kind of that bothered me. Oop, I got a new Emmy Award winning update. Oh, great. Yeah, but, I looked at
0: my phone after the first time. I'm like, is my ringer on or something? What's up with this?
1: Yeah, it confused me too. And at the end of the half innings, they did the rah, rah noise or whatever. Did you notice that? Yes. Okay. Good. It was not just me.
0: No. And they also put like this obviously they're working the internet into things because they were doing polls and stuff too. They were asking like, should so-and-so be pulled or Who's going to get a hit here? I mean, I thought those were kind of cool, but the Emmy stuff was annoying. It didn't need to be there at all. So let's get ourselves into this game. First inning right out of the gate. Yankees strike out. Kurt Schilling gets a K right to start. And then the second at bat, I have it in my notes is a quote unquote double because the, the Yankee tried to go for third base tried running tried to make it there nope couldn't do it he had an easy double but thanks to Batista to Council Council to the third baseman through this
1: was an absolutely beautiful relay throw yes it was by our manager Craig Council it was great to see him making a wonderful throw to third and gun out Paul O'Neill
0: Council made some good defensive plays in this game I mean he certainly wasn't the best hitter but that his defense was phenomenal love our boy Craig Council, who's leading quite the great Brewer team at this time, who's wrapping up a series with the Mets tonight. Jacob DeGrom was scheduled to pitch last night, so we'll see how that went. I mean, we don't know yet, but oof, hopefully he didn't get no hit. Then fly out to center, so that is our first inning. Three up, three down, thanks to the stupid mistake by the Yankees trying to stretch three. Then we have ourselves a Craig Council base hit off an error. Oh, I should say first, there was a fly out. then Craig Council ends up sliding into first base, thanks to an error by the first baseman hit and run situation. So they've got a runner on second, that being Craig Council batter up and he strikes out. So that was that. Then in the second inning, three up, three down right out of the gate again for Curt Schilling. He's been pitching phenomenal so far Then bottom of the second inning. Diamondbacks get a hit. They're officially their first hit of the game. But two more strikeouts after from Roger Clemens. And now we go to the third inning. Three up, three down. Once again for the Yankees. Drew, the
1: Yankees took a long time to get going. Yes, they did. And the reason being, Jordan, Kurt Schilling on the mound. Oh, my goodness. He had a high 90s fastball going. His splitter. Did you did you see that, Jordan? His splitter was dropping. At had it, so much break to it. It was there It filthy. was a
0: lot. They didn't really mention it enough, I don't think. I think they kind of just let off for the pitches they weren't talking I mean maybe they were just talking too much about the Yankees but that especially had a lot of break to it and there's no way the Yankees could hit that so Craig Council gets on base after a strikeout and how many times did they try and pick this man off like
1: three or four times in a row I think at one
0: point it was absolutely crazy they were so scared of our manager and then another strikeout so we see Roger Clemens. He is really getting his strikeouts going. Diamondbacks swinging and missing quite a bit. Another single, two on, two out for the Diamondbacks, and it is a strikeout once again. So through three innings, the second time the Diamondbacks have left two stranded, and that's a big theme in this game.
1: Yeah, a lot of stranded runs, um, or runners on base, and I think that's basically because of these two great pitchers. I mean, they were really able to get out of trouble with, with getting strikeouts. They were coming in clutch at
0: times when they needed to, and they were doing well. Three up, three down again in the top of the fourth inning, going to the bottom, fly out to center. Then you've got a single once again for the Diamondbacks, but back-to-back strikeouts. Clements through four innings. He's thrown 75 pitches, so his pitch count's getting high already, but he's got eight. Strikeouts, so such a good job by Clemens, and also, what did you think of this um strike zone? I, I mean, he let a lot of stuff go, and he was calling strikes.
1: He was a pitcher's umpire, let me tell you, Jordan. And I think, I mean, these guys didn't need any help, Clemens and showing they really don't, and he did give them a lot of help. He really
0: did. Some of these, I wouldn't even say the strikeouts, but some of like the pitches and the crucial counts, they were going by way of the pitcher. So, top of the fifth, three up. Three down, you guessed it. The Yankees have two errors and haven't had a single base runner through five innings at the bottom of the inning. This is where we see Jeter come into play. I mean, it's one of those simple routine plays, but Jeter kind of got a little wobbled up. I think they were overhyping it a bit, but you could certainly see him limping later on. Soriano has a, another error later on in the inning, which is his third error of the series. So that is not good at all for this Yankees team. But we're through five. Five hits through five innings, four of which go to the Diamondbacks. And like we said, the Yankees hit doesn't even count. What are your thoughts on that? That if you go like two bases that you have easily, but then you try to stretch it for three, it counts as a base hit.
1: Should it? Yeah, I think it's fine that it, it counts as. The, I I don't mind that it counts as a double. I, I don't mind that Jordan and uh, I I don't know. Like I
0: certainly think it is a hit that you obviously have a double, but I don't think you should be rewarded for trying to stretch an extra base.
1: I, I that's a tough debate, Jordan. But you know, I'm thinking it's the, the guy. The guy got the extra base hit, and he yeah he tried to go two to three because sometimes it's the coaches telling you to go three. I mean, you can't really fault the player for it, but that's and true I guess th- that's I how I look at it like you can't penalize the player for a coach's decision for like sending them against their own their personal stats yeah but I don't know
0: you don't always have to listen to the coach you know you can just stop there if you want but it, that is an interesting thought let's see what you guys think about it as well two strikeouts to start the top of the six Schilling now has met Clemens he's got eight strikeouts as well and then a flyout out to right field ends the top of the six bottom of the six We have a single, the first time the leadoff man is on all night long. And then Batista at the plate, same situation, RBI, quote unquote, double because Batista strides, tries to stretch it to go three, doesn't make it. Did you see this man
1: dive? Oh my goodness. Yeah. That was quite the dive Jordan. And you know, I'm, I'm glad like Danny Bautista got the start because there was some debate of starting Reggie Sanders over him and Danny Bautista really made the most of his start. Yeah, Danny
0: did it tremendous, and he gets the first run of the game on his RBI. They showed this replay a lot. They really loved themselves some Jeter, when in reality it was the same relay throw that Craig Council made, so I don't understand why they kept showing it. But when they were showing it, did you think he was safe? It was a very close call at third.
1: It was a tough call, Jordan. Um You know, they called out. I would have just stayed with the out call because, you know, we don't have a replay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, not at all at this point in 2001. And something now it probably would have took a few minutes to look at. So thankfully we didn't have to sit through that. Six innings, two-thirds of the game are complete. One-nothing lead for the hometown Diamondbacks. Seventh inning now. Top of the seventh. Derek Jeter gets himself a single. The first real hit of the game for the Yankees. They finally have a runner on. Then they get another single. Two on, and then there is a sacrifice play. Get that runner out at second. So we've got one out. Runners on the corners. Tino Martinez, RBI single. And then back-to-back flyouts. So the center fielder had a really long run to get that one. I thought it was going to get down, which could have been two runs for the Yankees, but nope. It's tie at one, heading into the bottom of the seventh inning, and this is where things get interesting. Schilling is the first batter in the bottom of the seventh what were your thoughts on this i mean certainly they were going to pull him soon enough why not just do it here and try and get a better at that
1: well showing the big game pitcher jordan the 0.88 era and the dimex manager is really try, really riding on his on his back and i think he wanted him to go one more inning so they kept him in and they kept him in and we'll see how that panned
0: out in the eighth inning it didn't uh. do too well but Next, there was a single, and this is when Clemens comes out of the game. So Mike Stanton enters the game. Clemens, though, we should say 10 strikeouts, which is tied for the most in a game seven, 10 Ks for Clemens. Mike Stanton is in, and then Diamondbacks get caught stealing, and it's an easy pop out to the pitcher to end things off. Seven innings done. Tie one run. A piece, but not for long. Soriano makes up for his errors. A solo shot. He went golfing. I mean, this pitch was low. He cracked it out of the park. Schilling stays in for the time being, gets a strikeout the next at bat. Then there's a single. They bring in Miguel Batista. So Batista comes in to pitch, gets a ground out, and Batista's out just like that. Randy Johnson is in. Do you miss this sort of thing where? Craig Council would always do this as well. Bring a pitcher in basically for one guy.
1: Yeah, no no more playing matchups anymore, at least in our in our game. But, you know, if we fast forward back to 2001, we could play matchups. And, you know, like we saw Mike Stan come in to face some lefties. And we saw Mike Stan even 10 years ago before this in the 1991 World or World Series. And, yeah, I I like – I miss the old matchup thing, but – pace of play, we got to have only, you got to face the three batter minimum, Rob Manfred, you know, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, I, I I was a big fan of when you'd bring in a pitcher for one guy, take him out, bring in another guy, give him two batters, but certainly not seeing that anymore. I loved seeing it back in the day here. Oh, one World Series. We're in top of the eighth inning. Randy Johnson pitches, and he started last night. So coming in, he only has 11 career relief appearances. and He's in those relief appearances. Gets a flyout to end the top half of the inning. Now the pitcher, Mariano Rivera. Big, big name for the Yankees. Basically, they're Josh Hader, I would say, right?
1: Oh, yeah, and like you're about to say, Jordan, they brought him in the eighth, and they tried to get two innings out of him, which we'll see how that pans out, too. Yeah, might have been a mistake to try and get two instead of one, but he comes in. He's got
0: five saves in this postseason. 2-0 record. Just a .61 era and in postseason history has a 0. 0.7 era which is the best in mlb history only one blown save in his postseason career three strikeouts in this inning gives up a hit but gets three k's so right away rivera looking dominant and we go to the ninth inning this a 2-1 lead for the yankees three up three down Randy Johnson gets the job done, ends it with a strikeout. Now we head to the bottom of the ninth inning. Diamondbacks down two runs. Hometown crowd cheering them on. Doesn't get any bigger than this. Team is down one run at home. Game seven, World Series. Mark Grace, leadoff single to get things going. Then, oh boy, a bunt from Damian Miller, but a throwing error I mean Rivera wasn't even close here
1: no he, he shouldn't have thrown it to second and he should have just took the out at one and oh that's got to be one of his biggest regrets
0: has to be I mean I think he was trying to go two, obviously but it certainly wasn't going to work and now we see Jeter really in pain after this one I thought Mark Grace could have went to third but Jeter was kind of down and in the way maybe he milked it out a little more than he had to but regardless no outs Runner on first and second. Runner thrown out at third because they go for a bunt. Didn't work. They get the lead runner. So first and second. One out. Womack at the plate. RBI single. This game is tie at two. Craig Council is at the plate. And I was waiting for something to happen. I'm like, come on. Come on. And he gets hit. Hit on the hand. Bases are loaded. Only one out. And it's Luis Gonzalez hitting the walk-off, ending this thing. The Diamondbacks have won three to two. Rivera gives up two runs in the bottom half of the ninth inning. And that's all she wrote. The Diamondbacks win Game 7 at home. Home team won every game this series. And I mean, there's no better way to go out in a World Series Game 7. Down two runs, heading in, or yes, down. Two runs heading into the ninth inning, and boom, just like that game over, win on your home court.
1: Yeah, and there's no better guy to do it than Luis Gonzalez, Jordan. He played every game in the 2001 regular season, had 57 home runs, 142 RBIs, batted 325, an OPS 1000, like over 1000. And I'm just really happy he was the guy to end it. He did phenomenal.
0: Not only, I mean, playing every single game. That is crazy. Luis Gonzalez gets the job done. And as I said before, relievers are 0-2 with a 4.15 ERA in the series. Make that 0-3 and add some more to that ERA because things just did not pan out well for the one and only Mariano Rivera. Can't do it. Second blown save in his postseason career. And that 0.7 ERA in the postseason was going up after this. So Dimebacks get the win, win the World Series. It was their fourth year, and they're the fastest franchise ever to win the World Series. I'm pretty sure it was four years, right?
1: Yeah, I think it was, because with 98, yeah, it was. Yes,
0: four seasons is all it took for them to win, and now Drew's going to read some of the big award winners from the year. I mean, some of them are obvious, but some of them might catch you by surprise.
1: Yeah, we're going to start with the World Series MVP, Jordan. There was co-MVPs this year. Randy Johnson yeah, and Curt Schilling, rightfully so. I, yeah, I didn't understand
0: why they got cold, but they both deserved it.
1: Rightfully so, yeah. And then the AL MVP voting, of course it's going to go to someone on the 116 win team. Ichiro Suzuki. He was the rookie of the year and the most valuable player. So that's quite the accomplishment. Nobody's ever done that. Um then for the NL MVP, Barry Bonds, of course, when you're going to set a record for home runs with 73 home runs, 137 RBIs, you're going to win it. And then for AL Cy Young, Roger Clemens won this, Jordan. And let me tell you, this was a bad choice. The only reason he wins is because he's 20-3, and and his teammate who should have won, Mike Mussina, was 17-11. Wins above a replacement just shows 7.1 wins above replacement for Mussina over 5.7 for Clemens. But records are just what it was back then.
0: Yeah. Was war a big stat back in the day? No. Nope. Nope. No. So that is, I mean, when you got a, what was he, 20 and three? I think you said 20 and three compared to 17
1: and 11.
0: Yeah. When you're 20 and three, I mean, you're going to, someone's going to look at that on paper who has no idea about baseball and be like, whoa, this guy was a stud. But in reality, I mean, if your name is Trevor Richards and you have a three and all record, that doesn't mean you're the best reliever (laughs) in baseball. So win-loss record, we talk about it all the time, how it really doesn't mean too much, but
1: they looked at it here and that's why Roger Clemens ends up winning the Cy Young Award. Yep, and like, even ERA, Mike Mussina had a 3.15 compared to Clemens 3.51, but whatever. The NL Cy Young Award voting, Randy Johnson number one, Kurt Schilling number two. Johnson wins the award easily, which is fine, because Schilling got all the second place votes, and AL Rookie of the Year, we mentioned, Ichiro won it. NL Rookie of the Year, Albert Poulos won it, easily. Had 100% of the share votes. They're all first-place votes. And then the AL Manager of the Year, Lou Piniella of the Mariners. And the NL Manager of the Year, Larry Boa of the Philadelphia Phillies. So, no Bob Bradley the Dimebacks manager. He finished in third. He didn't win it. And then Joe Torre finished fifth for the AL. So, those are the
0: big awards. I feel like that happens a lot where the manager for the winning world series team, whether it's football, basketball, doesn't matter. They don't win coach of the year half the time, which I kind of find it funny, but that's just how that works out. So anything else you want to say about this game? I thought it was a good one.
1: Yeah, I thought it was good. It's great to have a 2000, like one in the 21st century, you know, hearing the game on Fox and just like seeing they have graphics, they actually have a scoreboard. It was just really nice to see.
0: So much easier to follow a game with a scoreboard and, yeah, like you said, Fox, too. I mean, a lot of the things we were watching were on, like, CBS because they were old school. But now, what are we doing next week, Drew? We're moving up four years. Remember, we changed our NBA game, and we're doing game seven, 2005, the Pistons and the Spurs. What are we going to expect
1: next week? We're going to see Tim Duncan, Ben Wallace. We're going to see, you know, that Richard Hamilton, Chauncey Billups. Uh, we're going to see who, – who else am I missing, Jordan? Is Tony Parker a thing then? Yep, we're going to see Tony Parker with the with the Spurs. We're going to see some Manu Ginobili. We're going to see the, some old old uh, duos and trios go at
0: it. Ginobili is a name I haven't heard in a while, so that's going to be fun. 2005 NBA Finals, Game 7. You guys have all week to watch it. Coming up this Sunday, my UFC recap. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, the trilogy fight. Whew, I am excited for this. Can't wait for my UFC recap. And I just want to say as well, we need to thank all of our fans because we, I have to double check because we haven't hit it yet at the time of recording, but we have going to been hitting a thousand all-time plays for our podcast. Can't thank you guys enough for that, getting us to that huge, huge milestone. I mean, Drew,
1: we've been thanking the fans a lot lately, but they deserve it. Rightfully so. They've been supporting us from our start in the early March, and we've been able to grow. Look, Jordan, it's already July.
0: Yeah, we started – I'll never forget. We started this state. When we went to state the one day, came home, recorded right after the pilot, crazy, crazy stuff. Time has been flying by. Thank you all for a 1,000 plays. And don't forget, we're on all the socials. YouTube, Jordan Drew the Sports crew. We're up to 23 subscribers. Follow us. Leave that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Jordan Drew underscore sports crew on Instagram. Jordan Drew, the sports crew on Facebook. We're everywhere. We're working on some other things. Hopefully those shirts will be in it not late this week. Hopefully they'll be in next week. Working on some other bits of merchandise. Very, 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 very limited in pieces for sale coming
1: up soon. And that's basically everything, Drew, which you got to shout out. Add me on Twitter. You can follow me there. Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G. Jordan Law underscore PXP on Twitter for me. And that
0: wraps up episode six of Jordan and Drew's Summer Sports Spectacular, the perfect podcast for you.